0: SONIC State.com. No, well, hello everybody and welcome to Sonic Talk number 100 and... What was it, 159? Yes, I guess it is, and this actually... Uh, I didn't realise until a couple of days ago, but this actually falls... This is the last show of the first decade of the 21st century. Kind of sounds oh. important, doesn't it?
1: Yeah.
0: Certainly does. Um, So welcome everybody. Welcome everybody in the chat room. Thanks for joining us in this last one before we have a break. We're going to have a break next week. Uh, SonicState.com forward slash live. Obviously don't go there next week because we won't be there, but 4pm on UK time is when we're generally around recording the show. And I've got, uh, uh, it's good to have a gang with us this week. Uh, Unfortunately, I just got a call from Dave Robinson who was aiming to be here in the studio for the first time, but he's stuck in traffic outside Reading. So uh, that's somewhere between Bath and London. (laughs) So uh, he could, could pop to your house and join in, couldn't he? I should have suggested <laughs> it he <laughs> could have done he could oh well i should have anyway it was i wasn't thinking straight because uh, he phoned while it was live so you know i always try and get off the phone as sharpish but anyway nice to have everybody uh, those first two voices you hear there are uh, i think the first was um probably uh, oh uh, let's say mark tinley autismhero.com how you doing mark hello i'm very well Mark, you're on the Skype handset this week, which is uh, hence the difference in his sound. So you actually have got the most presence and top end you've ever had, I think. <laughs> Excellent. It's obviously got a, a, a wicked voice EQ, that phone.
2: Maybe I should rip this thing apart and use it for vocal marking, then.
0: Well, you never know. And, uh, well, anyway, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it, as we're so close to Christmas. Uh, and uh, the other voice you heard first there was Mr. Dave Spears from G4Software.com. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Glad to have you
3: Thank okay, you, good to be here
0: Yes, it's, it feels like a kind of Well, this, I'm, I'm starting to get to holiday fever Because this is my last duty of the year For Sonic, I think dun, 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 Quite possibly uh, um, So let's flip over to the other side of the Atlantic And say hello to uh, my US friends Glad to have you here, PJ I know you didn't make it last week But it's really nice that you've managed to come here For the, p- the, the last show of the year PJTracyMusic.com
4: Thanks for inviting me. Happy holidays to everyone. You ready to start? Yeah, you ready to things are good. Yeah. Um, let's see. Up until yesterday, I was working on finishing up some tracks for a publisher that places some of my music, and I got that all done. So that's the last thing I need to do before we start the four-way Christmas festivities here in town. Looking forward to it, though.
0: Great. Great. Really, really good. And um, uh, let's move over to the uh, other side of the, well, sort of the East Coast and say um, hello to Mr. Richard Hilton from Connecticut.
1: Hey, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah. Ah, uh,
0: you, you been doing any farther? You probably, have you, I suppose your kids are probably too old for you to get roped into playing Santa Claus at the school fete.
1: <laughs> That's never happened, actually. Has
0: it not? <laughs> not even when they were younger. You've got to watch out because once you're in, nobody else wants to take over. So you end up doing it forever.
1: You better watch out. You better
0: not cry.
2: Mm. Have you personal experience of this Sunday? <laughs> no, but I, no, right. I was
0: close because I, I sidestepped it very neatly because it was my daughter's uh, school fate a uh, couple of weeks ago. And uh, the headmistress came up to me and said, I don't suppose you fancy relieving our Santa in the grotto, do you? <laughs> And I looked at her and I said, (laughs) knowing knowing that that was such a loaded. Yeah, that does does sound. That That sounds so
4: tawdry. Yeah, that does, doesn't it?
0: I've just just got the double meaning of that. How slow of me. Uh, And um, I actually said, uh not thinking that actually all she meant was you know actually taking over from him not relieving him in any way and and i looked her in the eye and said no i'm sorry i don't think i'm the right kind of person for that and she gave me a really hard stare but i just knew if i'd said yes it would have been me forever i said no i'm sorry i'm too grumpy to be santa
1: well speaking of Uh, you you forever is there a picture of you on sonicstate.com in a santa suit yet no
0: there isn't why should there be?
1: absolutely
0: I, I did do, uh, I was going to, or I was on the list of things to do before Christmas, but never got round to it, which is elfyourself.com. I don't know if anyone's seen that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I did that this year. Yeah.
0: There's another really good one called um, portablenorthpole.com, where you can find, you upload a picture of your kid or whoever, and uh, you type in a few details, and they've obviously got this thing that just makes a video. So I, I played this for Nelly on the telly because we've got the computer hooked up to the telly, and she said, N- Nelly, be my daughter. And uh, it was. Ah hello you know and basically they have, he has a picture of her in the the subject in his book and he says ah oh, you've got blonde hair and you're 6 years old and you've been very good you know it's just and they're just like wow is that really santos absolutely brilliant
2: what's it I, called portable it's called Porta-
0: north portablenorthpole.com you should do it for your your lad he'll, yeah, he'll definitely. love it just got a, but uh, welcome everybody i mean this is very freeform this show um uh, I, I got an email from Diego Stocco who is uh, a fantastic um, sound designer who uh, is on the show occasionally from LA when uh, when work and time allows and he just says I want to let you know that my Expera bass got noticed you remember he did that thing that was a double bass with lots of other um, necks of other instruments on it and he was sort of yeah. t- well, he um, Hans Zimmer wanted me to one- wanted him to be one of the feature soloists that played on the score of Sherlock Holmes he just posted a gallery with pics and info and a video of when I'm in the studio with him uh, they did the premiere in London just a few days ago if you, have see, if you have a chance to see the movie keep an ear opened and uh, wow, so well done fantastic. Diego good gig. Yeah, congratulations Diego yeah so uh, so that was uh, that was a good a, a nice one for his year um, and I, so I've just got a very rambling selection of notes really uh, so I thought you know we could kind of maybe pick a few key moments products you know whatever and and, uh, and uh, my next line says so in other words fairly free, for free form and obviously might be over in 10 minutes if we can't think of anything to say but I'm sure we've got more to say than that but I thought I'd get the ball running because I mean, ten years. I was looking back and I didn't realise, but uh, in two thousand and one, Melodyne was launched and Ableton Live. So that's two. Those are two pretty big um, products that came out in the last ten years that had an awful lot to do with uh, shaping the way that music was made and uh, and manipulated. And that whatever it is that the time stretch technology that uh, that that was first seen, you know, the warp markers thing, that's pretty pretty major, isn't it? would you say that has had would you agree that that's probably had one of the largest effects on music creation because it means that everything goes with everything really isn't it
1: i'd say so mm-hmm. absolutely i use it all the time
0: really are you are you um deep into melodyne dna now as well funny you should mention it
1: uh, my last few days have been spent uh romancing melodyne editor all right yeah and well, uh yeah. It does what it purports to do on the things it purports to do it on. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like so, a very
0: diplomatic, political sort of… Uh,
1: <laughs> no, no, no. You stick a single keyboard pad in there and you can do whatever you want to it. And, but if you stick, you know, two or three different things in there, it goes, what is this? And uh, sometimes you get analysis points with three and four notes from three and four different instruments. But if you keep it to a single polyphonic event, it works actually remarkably well and uh we we were provided a track where the producer really liked the rhythm of a particular 12 string riff he found in a loop and so he looped a single chord of this thing through the entire song, passing over all of the various changes and um, well using DNA well, it was a perfect opportunity for me to take the thing and have it matched the harmonies that existed in the song. And it actually worked remarkably well. Wow. Did and you I, use
0: the real-time input? Because um, one of the things that uh, Eric Neubacher, I think is, that's his name, excuse me if I've forgotten exactly how to pronounce it or got it wrong in any way, um, he played real-time. He had it looping and he played a MIDI input and the guitar chords changed depending on right. what he was playing in real-time.
1: Right, I saw him do that. I didn't uh, use MIDI input to it. I was manipulating on screen as I would normally do with Melodyne editor. Now maybe you could have done that with Melodyne editor too, but no, I uh each chord had to be massaged individually to to see where it fit into their harmonic structure and still sounded believable as guitar playing. So it 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 didn't go that way. It wasn't the keyboard MIDI input, it was okay. me me with my hand on that wacky Wacom trackpad. I'm still trying to get used to it.
0: Yeah, that's oh you so you went for it. Or did
1: you got you got a new uh input device? For about a month now I've been you know swearing at this thing. I'm hoping there comes a day where I swear by it, but so far I just swear <laughs> at it.
0: I'm sure there'll be a click. Dave uh, Dave Spears, I see you've been uh, rampant in the chat room with your terrible Christmas jokes. Ah, uh, quite a bit. they're all goldies. How does snowman get around on an icicle? Hey. What, what Santa's wife called? Merry Christmas. <laughs> that's a particularly good one. I like that one. Oh, boy. <laughs> so anybody else got any um, got any shout-outs for kind of epoch-changing technology that's happened in maybe the last 10 years? I don't know, PJ or, or Mark or Dave? Uh,
3: no.
4: No. Has there, <laughs> I mean, um, sure.
0: Okay, go. Some, yeah.
4: Go, PJ, go. Well, I was just thinking about this because I knew that this was going to be freeform, and I, I think probably one of the things that shaped the way we make music the most these days is the rise of in the box production. And I mean, it seems so obvious and, and and all that goes along with it. Um, the rise of virtual instruments, um, sampling taken to the next level, uh, plugins that actually sound decent and, uh, you know, people working portably. And I think that's, uh, you know, that's definitely changed the way that it's it's changed the way that I make music. And, Uh uh, and pretty much everybody I make music with. And uh, it comes with its own set of limitations and frustrations, but by and large, I think it's a a much better way to do things.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I think, you know, I got a couple of things written down which kind of tie in with that, which is multi-core laptops.
4: Sure, We've all all kind
0: of moved, or a lot of people have moved away from... uh, uh, the desktop world. In fact, I heard uh, I think it was one of the Twit broadcasts. I think it was this week in tech or this week in media or one of them. And um, this guy just asked the question. Said, "So, uh, do you know anyone who's bought a desktop recently?" And I thought, "Yeah,
4: that, that, you know, that's I mean, interesting. That's
0: right? an interesting question to kind of pose because uh, I haven't. Uh, I know perhaps some of you guys have. I know Rich, you you moved over to your was it this year? You moved over to the uh, PowerPC, the Intel, or was it last year? Uh,
1: this year I went." Uh, to a magnopus intel right Okay, from g5
0: i suppose that must make a difference. i mean uh, and and dave i mean have there been any innovations in kind of dsp stuff the sort of behind the scenes that have allowed you to do the stuff that you do with the stuff you do as it were that you can tell us about
3: i've absolutely no idea oh good (laughs) (laughs) things don't seem to take any shorter that's all I can say.
0: Right. As it gets more
3: complicated, it just gets more. Yeah. More doors. More. more formats. More everything. Right. Audio mm. units. Things like that.
0: Oh, yeah, I suppose. Because that was... that Was that this year? The kind of rise... Audio units was... No, mm. that was a little bit... Two years bef- ago, wasn't it? Yeah, that was two years ago. But that's, I suppose that's been uh, a, a, certainly a change in terms of what you've had to do, certainly in the decade. I mean, not, not certainly not in the last 12 months. That's been a major shift because you've had to deal with, what, two new operating systems?
3: There was a time when it was just VST. Ah. <laughs> well, out, actually, out
0: of, of interest, why don't you just do VST? Is it because some... Is it because Logic won't take VST? Yeah.
3: Is the only reason? The, to be honest, the majority of our customers are either Artas or um, audio units. Hmm. VSTs, are, I
0: mean,
3: whilst the VST... Not me, Dave. Not awesome. me. No, Diehard VST
4: guy. Yep.
3: And it, there's a lot to be said for VST because it's a kind of proven platform, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of documentation out there and stuff like that, so yeah.
0: You can Google if you run into any trouble, whereas, you know, you're running with the other stuff gonna have to work it out for yourselves i hate well, that yeah, i hate yeah. that kind of stuff
3: <laughs> <laughs> honestly i flippancy aside melodyne for me definitely
0: really i i've not really used it that much but then i'm not kind of doing the sort of work that would require it i suppose
3: i uh, mean just the ability to put my dodgy vocals in tune <laughs> so vst came along and gave me all, everything inside the box which was brilliant and then, obviously, there was a big change to audio units, which wasn't so brilliant, but it's now nice and stable, thank you. And then, of course, Melodyne allowed me to kind of realise dreams in terms of vocals. So, yeah, for me, I think that's definitely the big oh, thing. Oh, really? That so so huge... does,
0: that, does that mean you actually feel that you can sing now um, without shame, obviously, into your computer in the privacy of your own home?
3: I would never, ever, ever have contemplated putting anything out publicly that I'd have sung on ever before Melodyne came along.
0: That's very interesting.
3: Wow. Never. And there's, with good reason, I hasten to.
0: <laughs> that is funny. Do you think there's any, any, I mean, speaking of the Melodyne thing, I mean, it's surprising that they haven't actually, I mean, I suppose they're quite young at it, but I mean, people like AutoTune and, you know, the other algorithms have been licensed into hardware boxes. Do you think they might be doing something like that? Could you, could you see that working out for them? Or I don't know whether they've got, you know, it just seems like it would make sense
3: yeah it was weird. I spoke to um, the two main Melodyne guys because I mean that was just buzz of the show when that came out yeah and uh, we kind of and it was brilliant because you could see all the big guns i know i 've said this before, but you could see all the big guns kind of skirting past doing this kind of you know sideways glance, and everyone's sort of pointing <coughs> and uh, i'd said to him at the time, you know bearing in mind i 've been around for quite a while license it to everybody and everything. And he sent me a great email back saying, uh, yeah, you know, that's kind of what we would like to have done. But of course, everyone wants exclusive. Yeah. And in the end, you just kind of go, you know what? Actually, it's easier if we just do it ourselves. It may come. I'm sure it may.
0: Yeah, when they've got something else. How about stuff... That, I mean, what would be the next kind of big wow? I mean, what's the next barrier to be broken in terms of, you know, something that can, can break that sort of... the, the glass, the, the ceiling of, of what we think is possible? What, what else could it be? I just can't think of anything that is any more kind of brilliant. We might know, Rich, a few so,
3: decent songs.
0: <laughs> yeah, something that could write you a decent...
3: <laughs> Rich!
0: <laughs> Rich, what do you think? Can you, uh, can you think of anything that, ne- that would be, you know, some, you know the next sort of dna moment what would it be you know what can you think that, that
1: you would like it to be perhaps um uh well no moving parts storage is right up there i mean on a massive scale at the same price points we're paying now you know huge uh, huge yes. solid state memories for very cheap something that doesn't
0: uh, that doesn't yeah you know, doesn't
1: wear out i'm trying to think in software cuz i'm pretty happy right now in software I think there's a lot of really good software. I think the software uh, is better than the people using it. <laughs> Myself included.
0: That's that, Yeah, I mean, there's, too, there's almost too much that you could kind of do. I don't know.
2: I'm waiting for them to bring out something in a more three-dimensional visualization kind of world. In other words, uh, so that I can put my performances into a 3D space. And I don't know if that looks like... Uh, a little character that sings the line for you so you can observe that happening and see the little person singing it or someone that really plays the guitar. I mean, in well, sense... Like be pretty, the sort but, of Microsoft
0: yeah. paperclip, you mean? Yes,
2: exactly. It's three-dimensional. <laughs> That's got to be the
0: title for the show: the singing paperclip. I think.
2: <laughs> but, I mean, I've kind of thought that that would be useful for a really long time because when people can actually physically see things, it makes them think about them differently. So, if they created an interface that made us look at different and look at music in a different way, then people would create different things with it and have a much deeper understanding of. How it worked, hopefully.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose that's that. That kind of ties in. Do you remember that topic we did a while back, which was it music, um, music box, the research project of that. Uh, um, I think she was at uh, MIT. And yes, she had exactly. that, the, it was like a kind of sphere of music, and, I, and a couple of us kind of really got it, and a couple of us weren't so sure that it wasn't too sort of tying things down to a specific genre. But that three dimensional visualization and the different ways of going in different dimensions to see how closely related music was and stuff that was quite interesting. I wonder if there's something in that sort of.
2: I um... mean, there was a there was a Technics keyboard a while back that did this, where you could take the physical body of a piano and put it on a guitar, and you could you could stretch the neck of it out and you could see the neck getting longer and all that sort of stuff. And it made me think about programming in a different way, but unfortunately it didn't sound as good as I wanted it to. Uh, The pictures kind of gave me an image of what I thought it could be.
0: Right, but But then it sadly wasn't.
2: Yeah, but something like that would be so uh, cool. Yeah,
0: I think that's a a good – I mean, we're still the the perfect – Computer interface for creative for, for creativity i suppose p j what can you uh, what can you visualize in the future that would uh, really you you think could have a, a similar impact as the DNA thing
4: uh, on a purely utilitarian level i'd really love to see something like um, uh, a feature in your OS where you could just go in and say, "Back this up and then you can move that partition to a new drive. And it'll automatically update all of your software for you, install all of its licenses, and you can just walk away for a week, come back, and it's done, and everything is the way that it should be. That's what, that's what I'd like to see.
0: Isn't that the same thing as the, the virtual machine idea? You know, If you have a big enough, a powerful enough bunch of um, hardware in the house, you, know, you can just clone machines and, and do it that way. Is that, is that sort of maybe what that might promise in the future?
4: Maybe, yeah, perhaps. I'd 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 love to see that. Um, yeah, d-
0: I suppose data management, simple, easier data management. Which is- yeah,
4: really, really simple data management would be would be fantastic. I mean, other than that, um, like like Rich, I you know, I have a I have a hard enough time day to day keeping up with the technology that I have on hand. Mm. It's there's there's so much of it there. there. There's some some minor things that I'd love. I you know, it would be great if we could get in into more detailed sampling. And there's some uh, technology that seems like it's the way forward. The new version of Contact has has an interesting feature in it, um, some kind of spectral morphing thing under the hood that will allow for supposedly seamless fluid transitions between velocity layers amongst other things oh I tell you I tell you what
0: hold that thought because uh, I think we should talk about contact uh, after we've had our ad from uh, Yamaha because um, I think that 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 featured in my kind of big technologies of the last 10 years and I think that definitely deserves a call and perhaps you could tell us a bit more about that when we come back after a word from our sponsors Yamaha.co.uk have been with us for a while I'm very pleased to say uh, we we really do appreciate their support and I would like to point you in the direction of two things that they do Uh, the first first of these being their monthly podcast. It's uh, beautifully produced. It's got all sorts of information, interviews, stuff for um, musicians, creation and production, live stuff, k- interviews with key artists, latest product news, competitions and tutorials. And it's, it's well worth checking out. It's not just a Yamaha fest. It's actually got a little more to offer than just that. So if you want to head over to either Yamaha download.co.uk or uh, if you want it more trackable, sonicstate.com forward slash Yamaha where there's a little bounce page and you can head over that way. Uh, also, as NAM is coming up very closely, and you may well have noticed that they've just announced a new range of Yamaha CP stage pianos uh, the CP1, the CP5, and the CP50, if I'm correct. Um, obviously, we'll be seeing those at NAM, but I've been told there are many more products in all sorts of uh, ca- uh, product areas that are coming out of NAM. So you probably want to subscribe yourself to the Yamaha e-newsletter which is again a monthly item and um, probably do that just before NAM, check it out and, and see they quite often release this stuff in the newsletter before it gets anywhere else. And as it seems a lot of people are actually releasing things pr- prior to NAM so as not to get sort of caught up in the enormous number of products that generally get released there. Please do check out that as well uh, and you can get to that by sonicstate.com forward slash Yamaha can click there. You can subscribe, unsubscribe, get, jump in and out as see fits. It's really not a problem. Lots of stuff there. So don't forget yamahadownload.co.uk and News.co.uk or just to keep it simple, sonicstate.com forward slash Yamaha. And once again, we do thank Yamaha UK very much for their continued sponsor of the, of the show. Thank you very much to Yamaha. Um, coming back to you, PJ, uh, one of the notes that I've got, I think actually... Uh, was the contact engine in the last ten years has made an enormous difference uh, in terms because it's allowed lots of people to develop large and specialized and an interesting and unique sample based instruments.
4: Yes, and I, I think that probably to give it its due, we should we should mention um, Giga Sampler because that's really what what kicked that off. I think Nemesis originally owned that company and then sold it to Tascam, and now it's it's been it's oh, Giga, been shelved. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think probably starting um actually you can trace it back to I believe the Gary Gary Garrett and String Library or orchestral string library that came out I think in 2000. So it was just sort of the advent of this decade or the you know the the, the event horizon of this decade he released one of the first mega libraries. You no, know, somebody in the chat room I'm sure can correct me if I'm if I'm wrong on that, but that that to my memory is one of the the very first of the very large libraries and then i think native instruments came in and completely wrecked the situation with contact i mean in a in a very good way they they brought it to a new level well in fact did not
0: garatan end up using the contact engine for a number of uh, new titles he did did. yeah
4: he did and now he's created his own sample player that he calls aria
0: right okay i've not seen that hopefully we'll see that at nam
4: yeah, I, I haven't seen it yet. That either. has
0: definitely made a huge difference because all of the major sound people—I mean, including East West and all those people—they've now got their own engine, I believe. If, if if I'm right, I can't remember now. I think they—they they, they do. It's now, called Play. Play, right? Yep. I mean, yep. Dave, you've probably you've got a bunch of contact-based instruments. I mean, do you think that's made a big contribution? It must have done. I mean, the Art Vista stuff, all of those things that you know,
3: you—I know you use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, very much so. There was that. There was. There was, there was a kind of weird changeover. I know. I bought some East West stuff, and then all of a sudden, that wasn't supported. I think that was on the shift to the Intel Mac, and then that ended up going contact. So at least now we've got a kind of fairly stable base. Yeah,
0: I, I mean it's interesting that all the big kind of sound houses have, have developed their own players because that sort of fragments it again. But I suppose the only reason they would do that is cause it can, so it can do things that uh, they were perhaps frustrated at the speed of development or whatever. Because, I mean, I'd imagine the one problem about creating an engine that services so many individu- separate clients, which presumably are all paying you some kind of royalty or tribute or whatever, is that you you, know, you, you have to kind of try and develop for all of them at the same time, which must be an absolute <laughs> nightmare. Yeah, yeah yeah I
4: think well, I think they have to pick a you know pick a format and in terms of contact it it's it 's pretty ubiquitous for third party development um, you can 't do any third party development for play as of yet i, I don 't know if they 'll ever you know license that technology out um, to third party developers however. They have opened up the engine to people that want to get into low-level scripting and that kind of thing. And Nick, Nick Phoenix and Doug Rogers have been very forward about why they went ahead and did it, and, and it's for the reason that you said yeah. that the only way that they could get into the kind of meticulous detail that they felt they needed to yeah. do you know, was, was to create their own software in-house.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, and they've got so many things. I mean, it's always – that's the one thing I really enjoy about uh, Nam is getting to hook up with Nick Phoenix and seeing what he's got to offer because he, gives, yeah, he's the,
4: amazing. he yeah. gives the
0: best demos. And to be honest, yeah. I never make an appointment. I just show up and he's, like, always available. And But he also gives really interesting interviews as well. So you can ask him a whole bunch of questions about the production of these libraries, and it's just – it's fascinating. I mean, I spent – an ages with him talking about the uh, the Silk Road or Silk, I think it's called, and uh, it was just brilliant and uh, really, really great guy to chat to. And um, he's yeah, a ha-
4: really friendly, really friendly guy, really knowledgeable guy, and he loves. He's obviously loves what he does. Yeah, because I, I had the same experience with him at Nam.
0: Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Nam, of course, coming up in a couple of weeks, which uh, is all starting to get quite exciting. I think we confirmed that our hotel and flights are booked, so that's fine. Just hopefully it won't snow and uh, all our flights are cancelled. That's the only thing I'm hoping for, because I don't think you can get insurance for that kind of thing. But anyway, um, what else has been happening then? Um, there was, uh, I, I suppose, uh, another thing that was quite interesting is the the technology that promised so much yet delivered so little. Um, and I've got one here, which uh, is, is one written in big, bold letters, which uh, was from MESA09. And again, you know, looked really interesting, but um, you couldn't help but think it was going to be a very difficult journey for them to get it into the mainstream, and that was Copperland. Do you remember that? I think we discussed it it I had, a, I had an interview at uh, Messer with uh, the chap um i can't remember his name is terribly remiss of me but it looked brilliant and the idea of the sort of the self-aware network of midi and audio devices that was kind of nice but uh it just doesn't seem to have kind of done it in fact nobody seems to have been able to super to, to kind of take on the midi standard you know there was that there was the networking in the dice two chip a couple of Um, years ago previously that didn't really that's the firewire chip that didn't really kind of take off either just wonder you know is there are we just stuck with what we got i mean do you think we're going to just stick with it for a while it's going to take quite i suppose when you think about it midi when it was first introduced had a lot less of a standard to spread over it was spread more thickly over what's there because there was less of it and now anyone to introduce a brand new standard is going to have to work pretty damn hard and create some fairly major incentives. So do you think we're stuck with it? Dave?
3: I think for a while, yeah. I mean, the demands now are just so much that... I mean, if you think that when MIDI kind of first came out, I remember being in a studio with a couple of... I think there might have been JP8s or something like that. There was only Omni mode, wasn't there, really? DX7s? I mean, gradually, you know, you've ended up with sort of various modes. So it's evolved... It has evolved, even though people are kind of a bit, feel a bit restricted by the um, bandwidth of it, you know, the zero to 127. Um, But I think it's a really tall order for somebody to just walk in. And also, the other thing is, it works. It does work. It is limited, but it does work. So people just kind of, you know, I've always been an advocate of just go and write a song. Yeah. It does work. I mean,
0: and that was something interesting. That was brought up by, I forget the chap's name. My memory is shot. I did have a Christmas party on Monday night, and I haven't truly recovered from it yet. Um, And I think um, it was... uh he was—he's the guy from the uh, Huck and Continuum guy. Um, oh yeah, and he yeah, was yeah. saying that it's actually MIDI is fine. It's just the devices at either end of the MIDI stream are getting dumber and dumber, and they're unable to comp- to, to com- deal with the bandwidth. If they dedicate enough processor power to processing the MIDI, then it's actually going to be okay, you know, because you can send a lot of buses of MIDI over, you know, USB or FireWire or whatever.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh,
4: no. yeah Ma- but how, how do you get a lot how do you get around the, and it, you know forgive my ignorance but how do you get around the limitation of there being a gradation of only 128 discrete steps
0: in B- yeah well i suppose you'd have to have multiple channels of pitch bend wouldn't you
4: <laughs> yeah because pitch
0: I, bend is uh what eight an eight bit controller so you get i don't know two th- is it 2048 i don't recall mark you might you might recall that you're a numbers guy
2: yeah, it has a lower and a higher significant byte, so, ah, yes. Yes. so it probably uses even more. I think four thousand and ninety eight, or it might even be sixty five thousand. Oh, actually, but
0: aren't there aren't there a couple of pitch bend slots in the MIDI spec? You get um, pitch bend, and then there are a couple of other ones that have an LSB and an MSB.
2: Yes.
0: Right. I used to know yeah. all of this stuff because I used to pore over MIDI charts um, like a, uh, yeah, a sad too. git. <laughs> I can't remember. Programming it now. system exclusive strings. Hmm. No,
2: I used to I used to be a member of the United Kingdom MIDI Association and <laughs> I used to I used to receive a monthly magazine called MIDI Monitor. <laughs> Whoa no, ah, Really I to, And <laughs> it used to be all about yeah and it used to be all about all sorts of stuff like that. I might have mm-hmm. No, around no, no, around no Forgive That's me,
0: funny, but funny. you know, in this day of micro blogs and niche, I mean surely there's got to be at least a monthly newsletter's worth of m- MIDI monitor. I mean you'd think that somebody could you know because it's it's quite Well the man's video.
2: name the man's name was Vic Leonard actually. I remember him
3: Oh god yeah, yeah.
2: he worked for um uh, the init- the people who first um imported sound designer too I think the oh, yes, yes, people I think who the init- psycho systems in Muswell Hill was not
0: mm-hmm. it Oh. Sorry Ooh, that's cool what was that that sounded like <laughs> a, guitar, a bit of funk guitar you'd got-
2: I thought you'd got the funky um, the <laughs> I, I just went to. Lined up. Was like,
3: How did he know I was going to say that? It's weird. That's an 8 That's... bit funky guitar. Yeah, again. it was. I, no, I just went to MIDI.org just to see if there have been any updates. Cause Doesn't sound get. like it, does it? <laughs> just <to pronounce> that <laughs> there, ladies and gentlemen, was a MIDI file from about 1984.
1: Thanks. You know, and those steps were killing me, those 128 steps, man. Did you <laughs> yeah. hear that? Jesus,
0: Akai Pete in the chat room, who is a co- I know he codes and knows all about this stuff. He says uh, pitch is 15 bit, and many devices ignore LSB, apparently. But anyway, thank you very much for that information. But yeah, 15 bits is quite a lot. Eight bit would be 1024, wouldn't it? So 16, 16- 15 bit would be lots, 64,000 or 63,000 oh. or some some weird number.
2: No, that's sixteen. That's sixteen bits. Is sixty three thousand five hundred and something. No, okay. sixty five thousand. Oh, oh,
0: God! L- I hey, know. listen. Go on. You go haven't. On. You haven't got. You, you haven't been receiving your your monthly MIDI monitor. I can tell you're not I up to speed. I haven't <laughs>
2: received one for about twenty years. No, <laughs>
0: but it's funny, isn't it? That you know, it's still so relevant. As we've said, Dave Smith, eh?
2: It's amazing. Go- it's still going, actually, isn't it? Really, if you think about it.
0: Yeah but nobody yeah, exactly but the thing is it's impossible to set new standards i mean we're lucky we've even got vst you know frankly i mean yeah. well, t- well. when you think about it
1: lucky i well, mean i don't know it's 15 years old yeah but it's i set, mean do you think that
0: i mean the the, the investment that would have to go into trying to set a new standard
2: yeah well that's the key isn't it i, I mean, mean jesus I we're, lucky, we're lucky we're to...
0: lucky we've got usb or firewire for god's sake
2: yeah uh, i was going to say you say it's impossible to set new standards but what about blu ray I mean Blu-ray was set up by someone, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, but how many millions and millions and millions of marketing dollars has has that taken to not really catch on?
4: Uh, (laughs) Yeah. That was that was more of a mafioso. I mean, you know, you think you think about
0: that. I mean you've got and when you when you then you kind of come you you, you compare that to now that you know YouTube is streaming in what, what they call HD resolution. In fact, YouTube was started in the last 10 years. 2005, do you believe that? Only what in 2005. is
2: HD resolution? Because everybody has a different idea about what that is. Uh, 1080p? 1080. Yeah,
0: 1080, 1080, 1080. 1080. It's one 1920 <laughs> by 1080. In fact, I've got... Um, uh, I've just like I said I've just done a review in fact it was the review of the Mackie Onyx 820i in uh, in glorious HD and it does look an awful lot better even uh, I mean it's an absolute nightmare to work with but anyway I'm, I'm completely digressing I can't even remember where we got to, why, why that so was so when
2: my so when my camera says that it does HD and it doesn't do that it doesn't do HD it does it's own makey up version of well, HD well you can do
0: 720p is 720 is also considered to be HD sort of oh is it yeah, I think I mean, I, I'm, I'm on shaky ground here. <laughs> After all, this is a technology show.
2: So there you go. That's no, well, no wonder they can't get these standards sorted out for MIDI if they can't get it st- sorted out for like, consumer video. Then,
4: <laughs> Well, you know what they, they should try to do, I mean, if, it, if it's at all possible, is find something like, like Copperland that would be cheap and would encompass...
0: I think that's what their idea was because it just it, yeah. it embraces MIDI and, and is ready to take on any other standards. It's only a vehicle.
4: It's funny that you bring up HD because I read an interesting article not long ago about why they chose 16.9 as the aspect ratio for HD video. And the, right. the reason why they set that as a standard was because back in the <clears throat> 30s, 40s, and 50s, they were shooting film at all kinds of aspect ratios and releasing them in theaters you know, worldwide. And you'd go into one theater and you'd see one film and it would be <clears throat> at some wonky aspect ratio and you'd go into another one, it would be you know, cinemascope, widescreen. And they needed to find an aspect ratio that would encompass all existing aspect ratios of the of the full world film archive, commercial film archive, and so sixteen nine was it. Oh, that's that was the one that could swallow them. I was dead against sixteen
0: nine for a long time, but I, now I can see I can I I'm, I can see I can see why it works. Yep.
4: And mm. so that's what we need, you know, if we're going to move forward, is, is something that is would a standard. Encompass. Yeah, all
0: the all the I, previous- I, I think I think the the key is, as I've said, is is really just to kind of make sure that the receiving and sending stuff is able to more than easily deal with it because we can work in higher resolutions if we have the ability. You know, just sending more data is not necessarily the best thing to do. It's surely it's, it's just being able to k- translate it fast enough and with you know without any bottlenecks.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. Anyway. A couple of things, just I'll pop this one in. Uh, April 1st this year, Lady Gaga became the first artist in nearly ten years to reach the top of the Billboard Hot 100 with the first two chart entries. Just in case you wanted to know that. In fact, Billboard got sold recently, didn't it? I think it did. Billboard magazine, I don't know what that does for the Billboard charts, but I, I guess the time will, time will tell. Um, Azio had in the chat room earlier when we were discussing this before the show said if I had to describe the last decade, it's the recycling decade. An interesting uh, viewpoint, and, and one I could concur with. Uh, Akai Pete in the chat room says, "I think an interesting thing is the industry's shift from CD to download over the decade, which is obviously um, the real major shift." And when you consider, um, mm-hmm. um, I think the last topic last week was the, uh, the the amusing Rage Against the Machine up against the latest X Factor release, and Rage, Ma- Rage Against the Machine won, selling five hundred thousand copies in one, in the previous week to the ch- in that in that week uh, only by digital download. Wow! If you need any proof that that's the way it is, then there it is, you know. And that's a song from 1992. In fact, just after we finished that podcast, uh, it was failed Museo, I think, posted uh, on Twitter. Uh, he's occasionally in the chat room. He's a very interesting sort of blogger, and he um, he's that there was a, a post on DV twenty four seven which is digital Vig- digital Vi- digital <laughs> oh god digital villages blog which is a UK retailer and it just it was i forget the name of the chap who wrote it and it was a really interesting just sort of point by point uh, analysis of the whole rage against the machine thing the fact that both songs are owned by sony and you know lots of other things that you know you might be doing it for one reason but think about these facts it was very interesting the whole phenomenon has been quite interesting but it, it it does actually say you know it, it, it is verification that download is is here, you know, and that's the, the measure, the, the way of measuring. So, mm-hmm. Rage Against the Machine with the go and do what you tell me uh, chorus, U- <laughs> UK Christmas number one.
4: Isn't that, isn't that nice? It is nice, isn't it? <laughs> Very sweet. <laughs> so, 2009.
0: Yeah. Oh, what was it? Another interesting factoid here is uh, Madonna is the most written about famous face of the noughties, featuring a, in a staggering 45,633 articles.
1: Well, good lord.
0: Yep. I knew you'd appreciate that statistic rich That's a wonderful
1: thing uh, so, one other one other thing we might want that bears mentioning is that uh, we've recently had the passing of Robert Moog and the reentry into the synthesizer marketplace of Tom oberheim.:
0: That's very true. In fact, I would say that there's been a rekindling overall of the kind of boutique synth hardware synthesizer in the last 10 years, wouldn't you?
1: Yeah. yeah. And some of the original players are wanting to get back into it, and, as are some of the original bands wanting mm. to get back into it. Uh, there's a sort of a generational nostalgia that's built up now because people who are roughly my age or 10 years older than me uh, are realizing that they're only going to get so many more chances in life to play with those people they once swore they'd never be in the same room with. And so you see a lot of tours by bands that broke up acrimoniously 35 years ago.
0: Yeah. Um, And the chance to make a few quid.
1: Well, there's that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. And why not? Because what else? Why not? Because what else do we have to do? It was, yeah, but it was a slog. <laughs> I
0: guess also, Rich, it was a slog last time, which is probably why they all fell out. And they didn't really make much money and got ripped off by their dodgy management and accountants. And this time they can go, well, there was the Elton John-Billy Joel tour. Um, what was it? It was like There's four. What? Well, how many dates was it? It was not very There's many. still is. Not many dates. And they made $45 million in Don't know, tell him, but I've got dates.
1: tickets from my sons to see this. Ah. <laughs> wow. Um... Ooh. In March. Well, I'm,
2: I'm, I have to say I'm quite impressed with Billy Joel. When I was growing up and I was sort of into punk and everything, I was like, oh, who is that uh, – what word can I use here? Totter. <laughs> but, you know, on bloody TV with his little sort of, you know, crappy songs. But he's written the most amazing songs and some really good ones as well. Which um,
1: Him
0: and Neil Sedaka. You know, I'd like to see a piano duet with those two.
1: Billy's a very talented guy and a very entertaining guy. Yeah, and, uh, I'm, I'm – you know, proud to say that I grew up in the next town over from him, and he's—I know people who went to school with him and stuff. And uh, Billy's always been great. Billy wrote,
4: wrote—you know—culture-changing songs. How many people yeah. have done that? No, not many. Uh, not many, not
0: many, not many. And no. so,
4: and so as Elton John and Bernie Taupin. So sure. seeing yeah. those two guys together is. It's, right. it's fun. I've, I've, seen them, I've seen them three times together and it's, it's a great show every time. It's just amazing.
0: And incidentally, um, just yesterday, um, uh, P- Michael Schumacher has announced he's returning to Formula One after three years away. I don't even know really? that it has any particular re- relevance apart from the fact that he's probably <laughs> thinking, I could beat all these guys. Or maybe he's bored. Maybe just thinks I could make a few quid. I don't know anyway. but
4: uh, And someday uh, Tiger Woods will return to golf. Maybe. <laughs>
0: he could. He could. No maybe doubt. he could host an international version of Mr. and Mrs.
1: <laughs> Question <laughs> is how long will she be Mrs.? With golf. Wife, wife swap. She's a smart cookie. She's <laughs> like, yeah. She's <laughs> a,
0: what an episode. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, that was a good idea.
4: <laughs> episode of wife swap. Tiger, Tiger Woods on Wade Swap.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think he's been rehearsing, don't you? Hey, we should stop before we get into trouble with uh, well, that one. I'm sure he's got lawyers um, everywhere. Uh, let me see, what else have I got in my little list? Uh, component modeling, I think, is a thing of the last 10 years, would you say? I think maybe yep. Creamware attempted um, something before the turn of the century, but uh, it didn't really catch up, didn't work, work for them. So, uh, saw, yeah.
2: I had a Pulsar in 19. Uh, it might have been 2000, actually. No, maybe not. In fact, Mark,
0: yeah. I remember very vividly because when I first contacted you, uh, yes. I rang you to do a review of Pulsar, didn't
2: I? Uh, yes, you probably did. And I did Profit 5. I did one of the very first reviews on Sonic State ever, didn't I, I think? I think, I think so, I think yeah. You did- you did the first one. I did like review number two or three, I think. I have to go and search for it.
0: Yeah, the search isn't working too well at the moment, so we'll, we'll just gloss isn't over it? that a little bit.
2: <laughs>
0: right, uh, what else was there in here? Uh, yeah, social media, obviously. So, um, you know, that's kind of interesting. Bands being able to kind of promote themselves. That sort of changed a lot of things. Oh, uh, John Van Eaton mentioned, uh, mentioned in the chat room again before the show started when I was just playing some tunes. There's lots of sort of two for ones, four for ones, which seem to be being pioneered by IK Multimedia, and they are. They're kind of cleaning up, aren't they?
3: Possibly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he grudgingly, he I mean, grudgingly. No, I mean, I have no idea what their finances are, but I mean, it just strikes me it's like every five minutes. And I get, you know, chats from various people going, Oh, I've just signed up for this one. And then next week there's another one and it, people are just coming kind back. Of what going, was it though? There were, some figure, there were some
0: figures, weren't there? You just think, hold on, they just did a thousand of those at 99 bucks where people got six things, but they just raised like 100 grand in a week. Yeah. Yes, please.
3: Selling direct. I did go into a store and see a very empty IK Multimedia shelf. It looked like the dealer had kind of gone online and just thought, oh, screw this, and just cleared the shelf. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose that's
0: the problem, but they must be, you know, again, this is one of the things we're seeing a transition from from distribution model of selling these kind of things to, uh, you know, people selling directly, because it's just... You know why why you know in the way that Google are knocking the middleman out in terms of you know ad agencies and what have you, and quite possibly a lot of other things besides if they do uh, release a Google mobile phone that is perhaps free and ad funded you know they're going to knock a whole bunch a whole sort of tier of commerce out of the way. It's the sort of the same thing that's happening in these certainly software distribution chain i mean why would you want to sell through a through a distributor or through a store i mean you know what's it got to offer they'd have to have the stuff
3: set up for demo stations and it's just not going to happen is it no i think we are going to see a big shift away from retailers particularly with certain software items i mean stuff that's very data heavy yeah will obviously or, or, you know will continue to go through stores until we get sort of mad um broadband bandwidth but i think there comes and, th- and there's also a really good point in terms of keeping in contact with your customers and getting feedback directly it's one of the reasons chris and i still do all tech support here because actually it's really important for us to know exactly what you know what the problems are how we can kind of make the user experience better and i think that's become more and more um important as the years have gone on
0: it seems to me that's that's what you need to be heading for really if you can
3: I think so. And I mean, it, you know, it's borne out by artists, you know, like Imogen Heave. Like yeah, that. same
0: thing with the music, isn't it? In fact, yeah, um, exactly. that's what Tara was saying when Tara Bush came into the studio. You know, Tara Math were kind of saying the important thing is that we have di- a direct uh, relationship with, you know, with our, with our listeners, you know, with the people who want to listen to our stuff so that they feel they've got a relationship. Because that's ultimately music is kind of aspirational and you like to feel that you've discovered it for yourself. And if you're in direct contact
3: with the artist, hey, I mean, what could be better? I still get a lot of yeah. you know emails. If I respond to a tech support question, I get a lot of emails in return from people going, well, you know, I didn't realize that you actually do tech support. I mean, when we signed the deal with Avid and them, all the oh, part of the deal was that they took support on for us. And actually, Chris and I both turned around and went, no, we kind of prefer to do it ourselves. Because it's, from a consumer's point of view, you if, you if you feel you're in touch with the kind of the main people, as it were, you just feel like you're being taken care of. Mm. And but- you don't disappear into this kind of black hole of, you know, email hell. But also, isn't it a good thing?
0: Because um, if you cut out, I mean, although it's bad in terms of the sort of local economy and, you know, the bricks and mortar, and it kind of breaks the community sense, you know, if you're losing shops. Ultimately, it means that more businesses can thrive because they're not having to give 40, 50, whatever percent away to a third party to make their goods available. So you're getting people who kind of come up with the stuff and use, particularly using open source and freeware and things where they can get – where they can kind of get into actually making a living and or making a supplement to their income by you know, doing stuff that they love. And you couldn't yeah. get that without a, a full immersion really.
4: Yeah, like, economically you call that the long tail. And and that's what's happening. You're seeing an, an increase in, in in some would say maybe der- derivatives, you know, on an idea. But I, I think it it allows for obviously it allows for a lot of gems, you know, a lot of really wonderful uh, products that have come along along the line in the last few years and are available. Uh, and you were you were mentioning how everything is is moving towards a download model, and I've noticed over the course of the last. Year that a lot of these retailers that are selling direct or or development companies that are selling direct are now offering most of their products as downloads, and that that's a fascinating thing when you think about it. I mean, that you can at three o'clock in the morning decide that you want to buy a product from a developer that you want to patronize and pay for it, and instantly have it on your desktop. You know, not instantly, but within you know two to twenty minutes, and you've got it, and you're using it. Yeah, part try, of your
0: mind you, that you tried the same thing and get tech support at three thirty in the morning, you might not get. No, to- that's
4: that's definitely true. But then again, uh, I've never actually had a problem with any of Dave's software. Oh no, I wasn't. So, I
0: wasn't talking about Dave. I was just thinking. No, you know, no, generally- I know, no,
4: I know. But I, I bring Dave up because you know he they build such good software. I'm not saying that people don't have issues or legitimate issues, but he builds such good software that it's there's not. there's not the the issues that with with you know that you might have with some other things Mm. so it's it's good Good you can you can
3: very easily turn a, a situation around i mean one of the things we found that when we did the m audio deal is all of a sudden people thought we were this kind of huge company so if they did have a problem they'd start from a position of like what the hell's going on and blah, blah blah and once they realize that you're small and actually they get a reply then immediately they're converted the aggression goes out of the email immediately uh and you just end up with i've actually developed some really great relationships just by answering somebody in the middle of the night or you know if i'm up having a singing or whatever and that for me is really exciting yeah. It's almost as exciting as the creative process. Well, yeah,
0: I mean, uh, Mark, I could bring you in here because um, as uh, Shane King says in the chat room, you're awfully quiet today. Uh, uh, that, you know, because d- you do the same thing, don't you? you sort of Because I mean, you've written a book and you kind of try and engage with your readers and sort of keep them posted as to what's going on and all of that sort of stuff. And that, that works. I mean, I'm presuming it works, otherwise you wouldn't do it.
2: Yeah, it does work. It definitely works. And you just keep feeding stuff out little bits and pieces and keep i mean i I could not write a blog and i could just write more books but as i discover things about life and the universe and everything i write it put it in the blog and give that information to people Hmm. and it keeps them it keeps them hooked i guess so when i write my next book i guess more people will buy it
0: (laughs) yeah that's the idea isn't it yeah
2: i had a really a really lovely thing happen though i rang up watkins the esoteric bookshop in london to ask them if they needed any more books, and the guy said, "Oh yeah, we don't. Your book's done really well." Wow! He asked me for a whole load more for display and everything, and said, "You know, he basically told me how to get it in their book charts and everything." So,
0: really, um, did you year, have I that? Could, was was it a moment like, "Yes, it's J.R. Hartley." <laughs> only only <laughs> Dave Spears will get that joke, I think. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, it's a a Yellow Pages ad where an old duffer phones up a bookshop and is asking for, do you have a copy of Fly Fishing by J.R. Hartley? And uh, nobody has it, nobody has it, nobody has it, nobody has it. Then finally, somebody says, oh, you do. My name, yes, it's J.R. Hartley. It's a (laughs) god-awful sentimental ad, but it's uh, it's sort (laughs) of ingrained in the psyche of uh, us us, Brits of a certain
4: age. I have a really good friend who's a tremendous bla- bass player named J.R. Hartley. <laughs> Excellent.
0: You should yeah. do a book with him called Bass Playing by J.R. Hartley.
4: <laughs> there you, you'd probably do it.
1: It would sell well in England, apparently.
4: Yeah, there you go. We'll put it in the yellow pages. We've got a <laughs> built in demographic. Oh, brilliant.
0: <laughs> Fly Fishing and Bass Playing by J.R. Hartley.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: bringing up images of bloody the mighty boosh. Oh, yeah. which, which I have to t- say thank you to you for getting me into because having watched all three series now, that's got to be the funniest television program I've ever seen. Yeah, that, that's Riddler. I
0: will we'll formally say that as a uh, 10 years of comedy, top 10 comedy recommendations, The Mighty Boosh uh, you can find it on YouTube everywhere. It's surreal comedy and it is really funny, I think. And so does yeah, Mark.
4: It's absolutely brilliant the british version of the office is fantastic
0: uh, yeah well. It's, uh, well that was the, the the original i might add but um
4: <laughs>
0: yeah. um if you're interested in more sort of technical videos i'd like to draw your attention to the recently published onyx 820i review i did and also the digidesign 11 rack which uh, i think the onyx went live today and i put rack out yesterday so a couple of things to keep you going if you're interested in that sort of thing to f- plug the gap between now and now when the video will be streaming out in uh, uh, almost uncontrollable waves of content.
2: I <laughs> can, I, um, can I throw another one into the mix for the last ten years? Yeah. You've just reminded me. The very fir- One of the very first reviews I did for your website was a review of a Game Boy synthesizer. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, oh, uh, uh, yes, I remember that.
2: Nano. Well, I don't
0: remember it. I remember what it was. So
2: the, so the Game Boy was kind of the current, at that time, handheld gaming device wasn't it
0: it was a bit later it was a bit later than that but it was still yeah it was the nintendo it was it was old i'm trying to remember but what the... i
2: think for the last 10 years we've really got to look at have you know in the last 10 years we've been given color screens on everything yeah and color screens that have you know uh, good quality on our handheld devices i think you know probably at the beginning of this decade Everything was black and white, or green and green and black, or whatever. And so I'm going to throw handheld color device screens. Shane King in
0: the Change King in the chat room says DS10, the Nintendo DS10, because that's got synths and uh, stuff on it, hasn't it? That's got the Korg DS10, uh, mm. the Nintendo DS rather, not the uh, DS10. Uh, I can't remember Loop. yeah, something with something with Loop in the name. Gosh, it, you've got it. it uh, it's nano, called
2: Nano Loop. Nano Loop. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it was a bloody nightmare yep. to use. I remember that you had to, yeah. It was. It was almost. It looked like a barcode. It was just awful. I've still got that somewhere because I think you sent it back. Did I have to? Did I send you a Game Boy to review it? No, with?
2: I bought one from the boot sale. I think. <laughs> but anyway so but in the last 10 years i mean you know having this iphone thing in my hand and being able to swirl things around on a color screen and see everything in vivid color is something that i couldn't have done at the beginning of this decade i you know at best i would have been uh fiddling around on maybe a nokia phone or something so
0: like i do (laughs) (laughs) At the moment, yes. I'm learning to love my N97, but I am going to get a Google phone when it comes out because I think Google will will rule the world. Uh, This is my my, um, prediction for the next 10 years. Google will rule the world benignly for probably four or five years and then uh, be shot down in flames for some terrible kind of uh, data mining catastrophe data loss thing.
1: <laughs> I, I think in music software we must mention Ableton. Oh yeah, the culture.
0: I mean, Ableton that, was, was in two thousand and one. On yeah,
1: it was brought up in the chat room a little while ago, and uh, it is very significant that there is an enormous culture now that surrounds this piece of software. And it's, it's kind.
0: Of, it's kind of like the i culture that came out when we had the IMAX, the original IMAX. It was like it's like a kind of a whole village. Uh, what do they call it? Not village. A uh, cottage industry
1: around it, isn't it? Kind of, yeah, but it's become very mainstream, too, now, and uh, it drove development in a lot of other familiar software platforms that had existed before. In mm-hmm. fact, probably in all of them.
4: Yeah, Yep. for
1: sure. It changed pretty much, uh, that, along with Sony's Acid on some level, which predates GarageBand, um, it sort of signaled a change for the way people can interact with music software.
4: To it. To a to a lesser degree, reason propeller propeller heads reason has a, oh yeah a that's
0: true. Well, they were first. They they were before. They were probably when did that come out? That was in the late
4: nineties, wasn't it? Uh, Two thousand actually. Was, was it really the,
0: only a year before? Yeah. Jesus, I didn't realize. I thought they were much further apart. God, that is interesting. And the the really the really big wow wasn't it? Was the way that the patch cords swayed. Yeah, yeah. That was like the coolest thing in software for what, twenty years? <laughs> yeah.
4: You know, here's the, here's the interesting thing about reason because just listening to you guys comment, I, I own Reason and I use it, but I don't use it a lot. And I, I think you have to be for some reason it seems to me that it appeals to a very specific kind of person and I'm not exactly sure what kind of person that is, whereas Ableton Live has a wider appeal. For, for a lot of obvious reasons, I think live has a wider appeal, but why reason doesn't catch on for more people, I, I don't know, because it's a fantastic tool. When I use it, I think to myself, why am I not using this more often?
0: Just interesting, in my inbox, I've just had a private VIP party invite for, uh, from Ableton for uh, Nam. I've been, I've, I've been personally identified as a VIP guest by They're Ableton. listening.
1: Oh. They're listening to us. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> I
0: mean, on that note, I think we're probably going to um, have to call, because I've got to go and get some mince pies and a couple of things for um, uh, starters for the Christmas lunch um, on the way home, which means I'm going to have to queue for about three hours, I'm sure. Um, But uh, I want to say thank you ever so much to all my guests. Uh, And guys, as a group, I just want to say, you know, really, really appreciate you being available for this podcast. It makes, you know, brightens up my week every week. And I know you kind of do it for very little reward and just, you know, really do appreciate all of you making yourselves available, especially at, you know, so close to Christmas when I'm sure you've got lots of other things to do. So I just wanted to get that out of the way straight away. So thank you very much. Really do appreciate it. And it it might in some way um, kind of, I don't know, um, stop me feeling so guilty for not sending you any Christmas presents. (laughs) there was uh, there was i nearly i nearly managed to get hold of uh, a set of snuggies with sonic State on them but it just didn't work out (laughs) in the end (laughs) (laughs) but anyway thank you very much and also to all of you guys in the chat room every week i really appreciate it since we've been doing this live thing i know we were kind of we weren't um entirely sure about about it working out, and it is somewhat distracting sometimes for me. But I uh, just like uh, having said that in the chat room, there's guest 1895 is just spamming it with, Come now, new teen chat. We've been <laughs> right hit. Off, just what
2: just what yeah. we want. But anyway,
0: I, I appreciate everybody in the chat room for your, you know, repetition, uh, revisiting. And, you know, again, all you guys uh, who haven't tried the chat room, come along and, and join in, because we do take content and, and input from it, and it's really good fun. I'm Jesus, I don't know. How can anybody That's type an that fast? Massive flood. <laughs> of spam. Thank you very, very much, everybody. Mark P, John Van Eaton, Tandorian, thank you very much. And, help, you know, everybody in there. Uh, I can't thank you all. There's you too many of you
1: all of you guys.
0: Anyway, thank you very much. Um, so, uh, so thank you, Rich Hilton. I uh, really appreciate all your input over the, over the year and years, in fact, and I hope you have a wonderful holiday period and, uh, a great Christmas and a good rest.
1: Thank you, Nick. I very much enjoyed doing this and, uh, really enjoy the opportunity to talk to all of you guys. And, I'm uh, very, very thankful for the listeners and for the guys in the chat room. And, uh, the guests that we have and I, the opportunity to just uh, say my piece once in a while. So thank you. It's very much appreciated. And
0: uh, TJ, uh, PJ Tracy in Minneapolis, where I guess it's probably minus a hundred or something. I hope you stay warm and uh, enjoy your Christmas and we'll speak to you the other side. I hope where, where you you'll have had time to detoxify from all that Turkey fat. That's going to be in your system.
4: Yeah. Thank you so much, Nick. I, I, have said this before, and I, I can't say it enough. I'm I'm honored to be in this company, and I feel uh, very grateful for the opportunity to talk tech. And I hope that everybody out there, uh, all all of my friends and and uh, all of our listeners um, who like to make glorious noise on a regu- on a regular basis, have some moments of quiet and peace over the holiday and have a very good New Year.
0: Uh, yeah, I hear, here to that. Thank you. And of course, uh, let's come back to Mark Tinley. Thank you again for your uh, continued involvement, and uh, I appreciate you making the time. And now, now that your child is a little um, at school, it's I guess it's a little bit easier for you. So, uh, thanks for hanging in there.
2: It, yeah, it is a bit easier, and I actually get the gratitude thing this year actually and i I have to say that it 's what this is one of the highlights of my week is to sit down and to talk tech with you guys and to just get on the phone and go through the top and researching the topics is always fun and just to um, have the opportunity to have some input and stuff it 's just yeah it 's awesome, I love doing this, so um, you 're more than welcome and I look forward to another year of it next year.
0: Oh, thank you, Mark. It's, uh, it's our dirty little secret, I like to think of it. <laughs> 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 and, uh, and also, well, Mark, of course, AutismHero.com, PJ, uh, PJTracyMusic.com, Rich, uh, MySpace.com forward slash and last but not least, Dave Spears, uh, the ever-vigilant Dave Spears from G four Software. I think you've probably, you probably get the record for the most appearances on Sonic Talk, and it's really much appreciated, and I hope you get time for a good rest and a break um, before the Nam crazy begins.
3: Yeah, no, thank you, thank you. Uh, it's always really good fun. It does brighten up my week, and I think you do a sterling job, Nick. And uh, that'll be ten pounds, via PayPal, please. Yes, no problem. Uh, G4software.com, <laughs> and uh, you can buy their instruments at a distributor near you. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, anyway, thank you, one and all. That was Sonic Talk number one hundred and fifty-nine, and I think we're going to call it the Singing Paperclip, Mark. So, thank you very much.
1: Sway bill, tingle, tingle.
3: bells bells jingling, jing, jing,
0: jingling. Everything's all right.
2: What a happy sight! Santa's busy as a bee tonight. Oh, sleigh bells jingling, jing, jing, jingle.